Hi there, I'm Ivy Lassiter, the host of the Four Parents Podcast. Pop in your earbuds and multitask while we talk about all of the parenting things. Lessons learned, funny stories, and practical wisdom from normal people who have been there. In this episode, I'm talking with Rod and Mary, parents to four boys. One of the things that is unique about their parenting experience is that their fourth son was a total surprise, like total, total, total surprise. He was born when their third son was like 13. I mean, so they had like teenage boys, three teenage boys and a new baby. Can you imagine? So we talk a lot about that experience and then we just talk about raising boys. So much great stuff. So here is our conversation. You had three boys who were teenagers, right? One was in college. College, two teenagers. And you find out you're pregnant with another child. Tell me about that journey. Mary, you start. Because you thought you were like... Well, yes. To be honest, I thought I was in premenopause. Yeah. And uh, so actually, um, Rod told me I was pregnant. And I was like, that's not funny. Wait, how did you know? Just... Just, I know my wife, and I knew her little. <laughs> oh. I told her on all four. No way. And you were like, this is not funny. This yeah, can't be. I was like, no way. Um, and, you know, to be honest, um, I had some problems after we had Joshua. Yeah. So we were told we couldn't have any more. So there was wow. another reason why I was like, no way. And... Uh, we had gone to dinner one night, and we had um, all the boys with us, and Rod was like, we need to go get a pregnancy test. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> so we went to the store, and him and the three boys went in and no. got it. Yes, they did. This. And, <laughs> and we went home, and all the boys were together in one of their rooms, and we were in ours. And it took a while for it to turn, and uh, when it did— I to be honest, I started bawling. Yeah, I was like, I'm too old, and I don't have enough patience. Yeah, <laughs> because you knew what kind of patience right. it takes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we called the doctor the next morning, and he immediately said, "You need to come in because with the complications you had prior, right, this could not be good." And you know, fortunately for us, we had a doctor that was a huge believer. Uh huh. And um, when he called us after he ran, did the sonograms and stuff, he brought us into his office. And I vividly remember him sitting in his chair, and right behind his chair was this huge tattered Bible. Aww. I mean, it was huge. You you could see him, and you could see his Bible uh -huh. behind him. Uh huh. And. Of course, he looked at Rod, and he was like, congratulations, man. You know, they did their man thing for a few minutes. And then he looked at both of us, and he said, look, our job is obedience. Mm. And he said, this is your story that God has written, and we are to be obedient. I don't want you to worry about it. He said, I believe God has big plans for this baby. Yeah. And— uh, I, of course, was still bawling, and yes. I kind of, once he said that, I kind of, like, wiped my eyes and was like, yeah. okay, let's okay, do this. And then he looked it. at me, and he goes, you are high risk. <laughs> I was like, well, oh, wow. Was it scary because you, like, just having a baby older, when you're older, has a lot of risk, and that right. felt scary. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, of course, just the idea of having a baby again is scary. Right, right. When you have, you know, two teenagers. 
Did you tell them when you realized you had a positive pregnancy test? Yes, they were there. What, what did they say? They were happy. <laughs> I mean, they were pumped and giving me, you know, grief. <laughs> yeah, you go... <laughs> You know, they were wanting to set me down and have the talk with me. No. You know, the older ones Like, were. Dad, yeah, you know how right. this works? Yeah. That is so funny. Um, it was, uh, um, it, I mean, it took a while for it to turn, right? Yes. And they would come and knock on the door. Mom, how's it going? Yeah. Kind of that. Kept at, and we're like, stop coming in here. <laughs> it was, it was, it was a hard little bit. Yeah. <laughs> So during the pregnancy, did you fight worry a lot or did you feel like, you know what I mean? Just feeling the, um, to be honest, I don't feel like I worried any more with him than we did with any of the others. Right. I mean, we, you worry with each and every pregnancy. Yeah. That's just part of it. Is it so out of your control? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, we were going for sonograms every month when you're high risk mm-hmm. everything is totally different and um and i was only high risk because of my age not because of yeah. anything else it, yeah you know? he was growing as he should and yeah. all of that stuff yeah so did you it, feel bad in it like did you feel exhausted like the normal all the normal stuff i or? to be honest i had the easiest pregnancies with all the boys really we had them all natural oh <gasps> Probably with all four boys, I wasn't in labor a total of an hour with all four combined. <laughs> I mean, no. Yeah. Are you yeah. kidding me? No, no. So I mean, you had all four naturally? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, you know. It, was that your plan? Is that how you set out, like, to do it, or did it just happen? Yes. Once? It was, a, well, one of my biggest fears when we first got pregnant with Jason was the epidural. Okay. I, and so... Which he was born three minutes after we got to the hospital. So him to even have had an epidural wouldn't have been feasible anyway. So then it was like, oh, that was easy. You so got just, to the hospital and had him three minutes later. Just with the nurse. <laughs> the nurse and no. Ron. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I helped deliver Jason our first with the nurse. So the guys need to take the classes. You never know what happens. It definitely helped. So. And uh, so Mary was a trooper. I mean, it went well. Uh, yeah. But she worked uh, all the way up through all the pregnancies, which with Jackson, our last, her working caused her to go into premature labor, and we had him. He's a preemie because oh. she was working uh, the day she had him. So she was moving a lot of weight, and not uh-huh. supposed to have been doing that, yeah. but she did it. We sometimes do that. We're like, I will just keep on. I can do this. Mm -hmm. So what was it like having teenagers and a newborn? Well, uh, Jason, our oldest, was out of the house. Mm -hmm. Uh, JT was getting ready to to be gone. And really it was kind of a blessing to be still having kids in the house. I mean, I wasn't ready for them to leave, you know. Yeah. So. Did you feel the same way, Mary? Sure, but I, I think, you know, like for us, it was cool. JT brought a group of his guy friends to the hospital to see his new little brother, <gasps> you know. And here, you know, you have these football players coming in and, you know, his buddies from high school that <gasps> you would think could care less about somebody's 
baby. newborn baby, yeah. right? Yes. And they just all came in and they were thought it was way cool. And it's just a, most teenage boys, new babies are off of their radar completely. Right. And they are like, yeah, we want to see your new baby brother. Yeah. But so. they were so, were the boys so proud of Paul They were, and Paul they helped Jackson. a huge amount. I mean, our boys all chipped in and helped, and they took him places and uh, babysat, and they would have friends over if we needed to go somewhere, and yeah. they stayed there with him. So they, they took an active role. So what was challenging about having Jackson so much later? As a father... Uh, recognizing that the time goes by so quick mm. that mm-hmm. I wanted to spend as much time as I could with this one, not let him get grown up before I enjoyed all of it when they were younger. You know, yeah, uh, it goes terribly quick. Yeah, you know? well, you knew because you had taken right. kids to college. You knew this goes by where uh, most people don't. I mean, you didn't have that perspective right. with Jason. Right. You know, right. so. So what does it look like for you to really spend time with him and like, um, eat eat that up, take that, you know? Some of some of the things that the older boys, uh, as they were older, uh, for instance, when Jason would go off to college and uh, he was taking care of his dorm room or where he was living, he lived in a trailer after the first year uh, doing some of the fix-up and other things or mechanics on his car. Uh-huh. I wanted to be sure that, you know, I spent, made time to try to teach Jackson that before he got out on his own. And oh. Josh, so I kind of, uh, Josh and uh, JT was graduating, so I wanted to try to fill them in. Yeah. Some of the stuff that maybe we let slip through the cracks with the older one. Cause yeah. Because it happened so quick. Yeah. What about you, Mary? What was challenging about it? I think probably... The hardest part for me with Jackson was we were so fortunate with the community we had with the older boys. Mm -hmm. And when you're older and you're around all these young moms that, not that they don't really get it yet, but they parent, I think, differently. And society today is so different. Yes. And exposure is so different. And not that... I don't feel like we sheltered our boys, but it was, I feel like it was easier to monitor things. And with your older boys. Yes. Yes. And with Jackson, it's like the whole world is at their fingertips. I know. And and I don't feel like we're helicopter parents, but we're involved parents. Right. And, you know, when you have a community of like believers mm-hmm. that, your kids are involved with, then it's, we saw it and we saw the fruits of that labor. Yeah. You know? Uh huh. And we struggled to find that with Jackson. So, um, do you think it was, it was, do you think it was because you were kind of in a different season than the parents or just the both, both. both or yeah. just, yeah? Uh, the activities and everything, you, you still, tend to want to go and do things with your friends, but they're not having kids. So, you know, they're they're not doing the things you're doing, so right. elementary and other stuff. And when there's such a large gap between, uh, there's 12 years between Josh and Jackson, 
So you're already, it's a new set of parents and teachers at the schools and everything else. You're not plugged in. Yeah. And the young parents don't want to do anything with the grandparents. (laughs) So (laughs) Have y'all gotten that? Have people thought you were grandparents? Absolutely. I get it all the time. Not me. I have Uh, not. Well, uh, you know. (laughs) Yeah, we we had that one time for Mary at a a, uh, a restaurant, and Mary was like, He's not getting a tip, you know. <laughs> oh, no. But, but uh, I get it all the time at Home Depot and places. Oh, you brought your grandson to yeah, you know, you do just, something, or you bring your grandson to work. And I just answer yes. I don't even fight it. I, know. I just say yes and go on. Yeah. I don't yeah. mean, you know. And the thing that I was wondering or worried about was Jackson has adapted. He doesn't matter that uh, kids that we go on field trips and other things, they think a lot of times it's your grandparents taking him and he'll go, no, that's my dad. Yeah. You know? so, yeah, it hasn't faced I mean, no. he's it. He's such an easygoing kid mm-hmm. that nothing really, it, he's never been offended by it. It's, he's never been bothered by it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, it's, it's been good It's offset by the that. fact that his older brothers take him places that, a lot of his friends don't have brothers well, exactly. that older you exactly. know, to go do things with. Okay, I want to hear about what's so sweet about having a child so much later. Like the relationship he has with his brothers and things like that. Well, like right now, um, they have, uh, we finally got Jackson a phone last year. Uh, he's 12, and a lot of them have it younger. We never were wanted to rush into stuff, but we finally got him a phone, and he has a group me with just his brothers. Uh-uh. And his brothers told him, said, what we say on here, you can't go tell mom and dad, you can't oh, go dear. tell other people. <laughs> this is just the brothers. Oh, yeah. And he thinks that's cool. Absolutely. And he responds when we're somewhere doing something. He'll be in that group me with them, uh-huh. and they respond to him. So a lot of times he knows what's going on with them a lot more or quicker. And sure enough, they have shared things with him, and he will not tell Mary and me until they later tell us the surprise or the secrets or stuff they plan for Christmas and stuff. Yeah. So it's good. They they really, they are a cohesive uh, group, you know. It's it's sweet to see the relationship he has with them because he adores all of them and he wants that time with them. And I think, you know, when you have... Like he's he hasn't been able to benefit as much because he doesn't he didn't have the time with our parents like the older boys had right you know so he right. doesn't have that grandparent relationship as long as what the other boys were able to get exactly right yeah so and he has experienced a lot in his twelve little years no that most kids won't for a long, long time. I know. So I think he's had to grow up a little quicker, maybe. Yeah. And I think sometimes we forget as parents that he's a 12-year-old boy. Right. If that makes right. sense. Yes. You know, because we're in these adult conversations with the boys and their wives and Presley's running around playing. And then, you know, we look over and and there's a 12-year-old listening and soaking all this stuff in. And we forget, right? You know, well, and it's not inappropriate things. It's just uh, life things. Life things, yeah. yeah. That he's getting exposure to that a lot of times 
kids his age aren't. Talk about the um, y'all's friend who passed away from cancer and what that what he did through that. So um, JT's married his high school sweetheart Dana, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, Sydney was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. Dana's sister, sister. Yeah. her only sister, yeah. and she had to go. They had to go to Arkansas and pick her up, and she had to come home and immediately start yeah. chemo. Yeah. Well, um, Jackson adored her. When Rod and I used to go to youth camp, she would, JT would keep him, and then she would get to spend days on end with with Sydney. Oh. And I mean, and I don't. I to be honest, we didn't realize the impact. Yeah. Of their relationship, yeah. Until Sydney was gone, right? Because even now, Jackson will still. I mean, if you look at his cell phone, the picture on his cell phone is Sydney Aww. after she lost all of her hair Aww. and she's sitting in her bed with her her hippo. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, um, and and different things he's done for assignments at school where he's talked about Sydney or yeah. he's brought up Sydney, but we um, lost Sydney. Christmas morning of 2019. Mm-hmm. So again, you're waking up as a 10-year-old boy yes. and you're ready to open presents and have this huge Christmas with family and then yeah. go see the rest of our family, you know. And we waited until later in the afternoon to tell him. Yeah. But still, it was just It's a lot for yeah. a 10-year-old. Yeah. But he had didn't he have a birthday party? He, he did. So he that- had a birthday party here actually in the fellowship hall. And um we had a can jam um to raise money for Sydney. They're yeah. gonna um open a have a nonprofit for yeah. Sydney and it's called Sid Strong. And um he had a birthday party and he wanted all the money to go to the Sid Strong Foundation. Yeah. And um he his goal was to raise two thousand dollars in two weeks, and he did it. He raised a little bit more, so he was quite proud of that. Uh-huh. And um, you know, people were like, "What does he want?" And I said, "You know, if you really want to give him what he wants, this is what he wants. He wants you to make a donation to this." Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he he to be in such an adult world, right. he has a sweet, sweet little heart right. for well, sure. Yeah, I think the list probably goes on of, like, the depth that Jackson has because of when he was born and in the family he was born in, you know? It's, it's, um, it's sweet to see yeah. them and yeah. how they react to each other and uh-huh. how he reacts to different things, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we both lost our parent. I lost my dad in January, and Rod lost his dad in March. And everybody deals with grief differently, right? Right. And so after losing Sydney and um, our daughter-in-law had had two miscarriages mm-hmm. after going through that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And then he lost both grandfathers in six weeks. And... Where we thought he was doing well, right? He woke up one morning and was bawling. Yeah. And he looked at Rod and he <laughs> said, Dad, I'm afraid if something happens to you and Mom, I'm going to be all alone. Oh. What did you say? 
Well, I told him he'd never be alone with his family. Like his yeah. brothers, they, I let them know, and they started calling, talking to him. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, early on when we had him, uh, we planning ahead, I guess, uh, had got Mary's oldest sister and husband. They were going to be caregivers for him. Uh-huh. You know, something happened because we thought older boys would be having their own life. And when they found out we were doing that, they come to us and they said, you're fixing to tick us off bad. If we're, we'll take care of Jackson. So <laughs> I can only picture know. this conversation. <laughs> oh, it was. Because uh, your boys what? are pretty, right. they'll, they'll shoot you straight. Right. So <laughs> they and, did. Uh, they did. And they told us that they would take care of Jackson, you know, that not to worry about anything, you know. So, Aww. and they fell in and, and they follow through on it today. And uh, even having, uh, their own kids, some of them already, and getting ready to have kids. They, they still say no. They, you know, he's got a place. Yeah. And then uh, Mary had touched on it. One of Jackson's friends at school had a sister that was diagnosed with a uh, something very bad, mm-hmm. and she was having a hard time. <clears throat> and Jackson just went to her and told her, "said Look, I've been through this. This is what we can do, and everything." And helped her through. A hard time where none of the other kids could relate to it, no, but Jackson yeah. did, you know. And so, you know, well, that, that can be something that can be used, even though it's hard, we can use it for, for somebody sure. else. You know? For sure. Um, <clears throat> How has your perspective changed when you think back to your first baby to your fourth? Like, how does your perspective change as parents? Things that you, you know, you mentioned the time. Mm-hmm. Like with Jason, you realize, oh man, I maybe didn't soak up the time. But what other things? Um, with Jason, our first, uh, I had set out to. Uh, my dad had challenged me. You know, he, he didn't have a dad growing up, mm-hmm. and then he said, "I don't know how to be a dad, but I'm gonna try to be the best I can. I mm-hmm. challenge you to be a better dad, and you challenge your sons to be a better dad. And one of these days, we'll get it right." And so I really wanted to go all in and be the best dad. Well, you find out that you're still going to mess up, that there's mistakes and that you do things that you want to do again. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes uh, I was hard on them when I thought they needed to be. And then I was there for them when they needed that also. Mm -hmm. But you still mess up. You realize, okay, I should have done this different. So I changed a little bit on the second one, and then changed on the third one, and I'm still doing this changing on the fourth one. So we kept thinking God yeah. kept sending them to us because we hadn't got it right yet. Right. So, but you just have to be willing to to be there and know that even if you're not doing what's right, you're still there in person, yeah. in spirit, and presence. You know. Yeah. To, you have to be available. Yes. And uh, I did learn. With the first one, that sometimes uh, when they're needing to talk to you, you don't need to try to drag it out of them. You just need to go find something to do. Oh, that's uh, great. Like with JT, by the time he came along, uh, we hunt and fish a lot, and a lot of people have other you know activities. But we would leave. I would pick him up on a Friday evening. We would leave and have Friday evening, Saturday, and then Sunday and we'd be coming back home on a Sunday driving, 
And that's when he would open up about what was going by on. By Sunday. School. Yeah, by Sunday. But right. it took him a day and a half or so to let down his guard and to open yes. up and to say, yeah, things are good. And, and our, we've had a lot of talks, you know, just sitting in a deer blind when there's nothing going on. It's just quiet time, you mm-hmm. know, or around the campfire, something mm-hmm. like that, when they're able to talk and ask questions and there's no judgment, you know. Yes. So, and so I have learned that when they come tell me something bad, uh, not to respond right then Hmm. and not to dive in to just say, okay, we'll come back to this and go off and think about how it's the best way to approach it, you know. Yeah. Like something they've done that is well that they've wrong, done or a decision up. they're facing or right. friends or uh you know, there's so much more going on than when I was growing up, hmm. you know. And so much more things available to them to get into trouble. Uh this past week at Jackson School, a young boy got on the computer and got went to sites that he wasn't supposed yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it's that's just available accessible, to him. That yeah. wasn't available to me. Uh-huh. And so Mary had me talk to him about it, but I, I told him I wouldn't talk to him after I gave it some thought. And so yesterday, and this was three or four days after it happened, mm-hmm. me and him <clears throat> revisited it and said, okay, here's why that's wrong, and this would be the repercussions if you do something like that. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to weigh, you know, the risk and the reward and what whether it's worth it to you, you know. So yeah. whereas just jumping on them right immediately, you know, may not have as much impact. It's letting right. them know that you're thinking about it too. You know? Right. So. Do you, Mary, do you just prefer that Rod has these kind of conversations? Yes. <laughs> and And probably for the most part is because I see the tree and Rod sees the whole forest. Oh, Yes. And number one, he was naughty as a kid. So he, you he, know. Can, he can relate and he turned out fine, right? So <laughs> I'm like, I I I was very naive, let's just say. Yeah. So a lot of this stuff make my eyes like open really wide and my chin drop. And, right. And so I wasn't used to some of this stuff. And so where I tend to fly off the handle quicker, uh-huh. Rod, you, you know. So when when you're, because look, you, you know, n- no one has perfect children. So we all, you know, we all have children that come and say something and you're like, uh, what? Mm-hmm. You did what? <laughs> so what, Mary, you would just be like, you're going to need to talk to your dad about that kind of thing. How would that go? I just, I'm needing well, the perspective on Well, because probably... We, we have taught all our boys that there's always a consequence, good or bad, yes. for a decision, yes. right? Uh-huh. And so I used one – one of the boys did something, and I was like, okay, you're not getting your license until you're 18. And we're bickering back and forth and bickering back and forth, and Rod was kind of like, time out. You go to your room, and you go to your room. <laughs> So he came into our room and he said, look, this is the deal. He goes, you know that whatever we say, we have to stick with. Yes. So if you feel that this punishment is justified. We've got to live with this. We are going to live with this until he's 18. Yes. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, (laughs) maybe not. It ended up being like. 
two weeks. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you yes, know what I mean? Yes. But that was me. I jumped all over stuff, and you're not going to do these things. And it wasn't even a big deal. I don't, to be honest, I don't even remember what it was. Right. But it, you know, it's just so hard in the moment. Yes. I think that's such a great picture. You see the tree, he sees the forest, and that's personalities. Mm-hmm. Some of us are more, and it's like, it's so good to be like, yeah, you need to calm me down in this moment. Which is why they'll say, and they have said to me, you know, Rod will tell me something, and I'll ask the boys, why didn't you tell me that? And they're like, Mom, I love you, but you overreact. <laughs> All righty then. But with, with that being said, we, like, even after we address something, we address it together. Sure. I mean, we sure. come back around, and Mary's back in the reasoning and why that, you know, she felt that way. For sure. Why we expected different outcome. And, yes. Um. Uh, you know, you can't you can't do it on your own. I no. mean, oh. some of them are forced to. I understand I that. But, I mean, that's not a role you want to be in. You yes, know? yes. But I think it's important that you are united because mm-hmm. they know that's the one thing. They would go ask Mary for something and then come ask me. They, You know, all kids play that game, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I didn't get the right answer, so I'll go ask. And they hate it when you say, what'd your mom or what'd your dad say? You know, they don't like that. Right. But they know y'all are right. a united right. Right. front. But that's one thing that I can say that we did with all four from an early age is that whatever we told them, we stuck to that. Yes, yes. Good, bad, or indifferent, and not all the time was it right, but we had to stick to it because we yeah. had said it, and they learned early on then that we were going to stick to our guns or stick to our word. right. And also, by the same token, if they gave their word to us, uh, they better I took s- it, right? Yeah. I took it, and uh, they need to live up to that responsibility. Yes. So. Now, I realize you all have only had boys, so you don't have, like, a frame of reference for having girls. But what do you love about boys, having boys, having sons? Well, I mean, as a dad, I, I, I love the fact that I thought I could do more with them. Mm-hmm. But I'm already finding out with a granddaughter, I can do just everything I want to do with her. So, and, and she, yes. But the you honest finally, answer is, I would not have been able to discipline girls uh, near the same way <laughs> that sure. I do uh, boys. Right. Even my nieces know that. I mean, so, and the girls here at church, they know it. I mean, working with the youth. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, they know they they can work it a lot better than the boys, you uh-huh. know. So, but I think the main thing is is that we try to make sure that the boys understand how to treat girls and and relate to girls. Mm-hmm. And I I would say that the boys have met and all expectations on that. Right. How did you teach them that? What did that look like to teach them? Um, I've thought about that and really. I would have to say that came from Mary's parents hmm. and her her side of the family a lot. Um, my mom and dad uh, had been together for a long time and everything, but uh, theirs was a different generation, you know, and different way of doing things that I wouldn't want them to do. Uh-huh. Uh, right or wrong, you know, women right. did certain things, men did certain things, and you didn't, you know, it just weren't crossed and. Me and Mary are kind of the 
mixture of where I should be learning to do more stuff at the house, you know? Yeah. Dishes, beds, stuff like that, <laughs> you know, sweeping. So but, you grew up in a home where, like, my mom does all of the correct. typical, you know, women household house, things. My dad does everything outside the house. Uh-huh. And your parents, Mary, were more, didn't quite follow those rules or what? Um, You know, I, I think, uh, number one, my dad was in the military, uh-huh. so it was, he was a, an, you know, that's a hard question just because, my grandparents were not like my mom and dad just had a totally different unique special relationship that it's hard to find anywhere yeah and we strive to be like them oh and yeah. my dad even after my mom didn't work till we got older uh-huh. and my dad still came home and my mom had dinner ready but my dad did the dishes mm. so that was daddy's time with us. So that's when we found out, you know, he found out how school was, but they were also very, very involved parents. Yeah. They were involved with everything. Right. You know, right. so I was grateful because my boys saw how Rod loved me. So, uh-huh. it, I mean, I think it's an example you have to set. You know, and I wanted them to see our four of our boys, I believe, are very genuine in what they do uh-huh. and and love well. Yes, yeah. And, um, I mean, it was nothing for, you know, I remember Jason's senior year, we were at a baseball game, and he came out before the game started, and he gave me a hug, and he kissed me on the cheek, and he said, I love you, Mom. Aww. And, yeah. you know, the other parents were like, how did you do that? You know, I right. mean, I don't know. You know what you, I mean? Like, you don't really know how it happens, but it yeah. just does. Yeah. But it, I mean, obviously, I being, you know, a friend of y'all's, it's obvious y'all love each other and have a mutual respect for each other. And so your kids saw that. But then, you know, it doesn't mean that all the other parents weren't. But, right, they're, you right. know, it's just, it's. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like the the grandparents played a huge role in that. But also, like church, um, because, uh, you know, growing up in this church, we've had some great leaders through the Sunday school program and other yeah. things, you know, and people that would pour into them, too, you yeah. know. And uh, it's important like we talked about earlier, to have people in your kids' lives mm-hmm. that won't judge them. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I work with the seniors now with Mary, and it's easier for us sometimes to talk to them about a problem they're having than a parent that's worried about something financially or how it's going to do the household mm-hmm. uh, because we're not living in a house. Yeah. So the, by the same token, people like that were doing that in, with our kids. Right. You know. And um, so it, it's it's easier to look into somebody else, you know, and I think that the church helps play a role in that, you know. Right. So camps. Uh, oh, yeah. Activities, you yes. know, where they get to meet adults and leaders and to follow rules and to, to do things, and everybody benefits from it. Right. So, um, right. Uh, what does it look like for you all to cultivate work ethic in your boys? Uh, that was not hard. Uh, Mary, it, well, seriously, Mary, uh, 
the family on both sides uh, worked hard. Both grandparents yes. uh, were hard workers all their lives, uh, grandmothers. And uh, we had, like Mary's mother, she worked for the RSID for so many years, I can't remember, but she like set a record for unused days of sick time. Uh, what? Her dad, I don't think, took five days off in his whole career. Uh, my dad and mom both worked. All of our grandparents of Mary's and mine worked. Uh, and then all of Mary's siblings have worked and all of our family. And so I took them to work at an early age. Right. I worked construction. Right. And so I would take them to work with me, put them to work. And then I'd say, you know, this is hard work. I love it. But if you don't want to do it, get good grades and get a better job. <laughs> and use that as motivation also. Yeah. But, uh, we did not just give them everything their heart desired. We made them work and uh -huh. save up and, you know, pay for part of it. Like right. they may have to buy something and we buy the rest or something, but we gave them what they needed, not always what they wanted. Yes. You know? And all of the boys right now are hard workers and, and, uh, I know. are dependable. Uh, every one of them have, uh, achieved their goals. Right. You know? So. I'm proud of that. I know. I feel like they all, it's like, if you give them a job, hey, I need, it's done. Like, you can consider it done. It There's right. no, you know, um, laziness or, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> or, you know, they're very dependable. Right. Would you have jobs, would they do like chores in the house and things like that? Yes. Yeah. How early? Like starting at what age? Um, You know, I would probably say... Jackson probably got the worst of that deal <laughs> just because we were like, huh, They're all doing older, it. Yeah, you should your, do it. Your older brothers didn't do much as much of this, but he has, you know, chores he has to do. And um, he was probably in kindergarten when we yes. started. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a big deal. You know, it's, it's usually just one thing. Right. You know, but then— the older he got, we added a couple more, and, yeah. you know, sometimes he forgets. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and has to be reminded, but. Um, it's funny, like, I take him to the job, and he'll work all day with me on the job, and then come home complaining about, you know, getting the dog water or something, just because <laughs> he's like, I've been out there. I said, well, so have I. One of us got to right. do it. You're the young one in the family. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> what um, has, how did, what does it look like for you guys to teach them about submitting to authority? Because I feel like y'all do a really good job at that. Uh, I thought that was important early on because uh, it's it's something that you need to learn to, to work with people. Mm -hmm. And everybody wants to be a chief. Nobody wants to be an Indian, you know. <laughs> and you need to learn both roles to where when you're the boss one of these days, you understand coming from that perspective. Yes. Um. I taught my kids early when they started driving. If they, you know, got pulled over or anything, it didn't matter what the problem was. We can discuss it the next day as long as you'll obey and do what you're supposed to do. You know, mm -hmm. nothing's that bad. Mm. And actually, I've had the older boys tell me that it's benefited them because of how they've been respectful to police that's pulled them over for something. Oh. Mm -hmm. they, it's, they haven't yes. got tickets on account of just the way they they're respectful, talk. right? 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's worked in their uh, fields that they've chosen with mm-hmm. their bosses, understanding that that they can have fun and do things, but they're respectful of the boss and the, the business and other stuff like that. Right. You know? And that not to forget when you're in a place of authority how it felt, you know, working under that also. Right. But we really never did have an issue with that. I mean, you know, one or two times you have little burps, but, you know, for the most part, they've done a good job on it. From the time they were learning how to talk, mm-hmm. we talked about manners and respect, mm-hmm. you know. So we would say to them, yes, sir, and no, sir, right. when they— you know what I mean? So they grew up always hearing that all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was easy for them to transition into, you know, the older they got. The right. respect was just there. Right. And when we would come to church and we would see senior adults and how important it was to respect them and— mm-hmm. To be thankful and how much they can actually bless you yeah. and, you know, the knowledge you can learn from them. Right. And to not, because a lot of kids are afraid of them. Yeah. And um, so I just feel like we, like Rod said, and truly in every aspect of their life, respect is huge. I know. And, yes. Um, and, but Rod was even that way when he coached. He he always taught our boys and even the boys he coached that respect isn't given, it's earned. And it's both ways. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want kids to respect you, you've got to respect them as well. Right. And um, so we just tried to instill that with the boys. And we feel like they're pretty respectful, but <laughs> they do have their days. <laughs> How, so with boys, I feel like, it's maybe all people, but boys specifically, it's like they need freedom to go out and try things, but then they also need some really clear boundaries. Mm-hmm. So I want, how did y'all navigate that? <laughs> like. I, I fall back old school on that, mm-hmm. kind of like what was given to me. But uh, I used, I use a example of that is that the boys, I would give them freedom uh, to go do things, uh, and be on their own, not realizing that I might have a safety rope tied to them, oh. but I never would have to, you know, yank on that as long as they were doing what they were supposed to. Yes. But the way we told them was don't give us a reason to not trust you. And then uh-huh. that way you can keep building this to where you can go do things. And that's what we did. We we trusted them. We didn't overprotect, and we realized that they're going to make some bad decisions and not punish them for things that were unintentional or that you know went wrong. Just like growing up, right? You know? And then what's course, an example of that? Like, uh, giving them responsibility to to do something and. Knowing that it may not be the way you want it to be, mm-hmm. uh, say some, say if it's yard work, okay. uh, mowing the yard or doing the flower bed, uh, you let them do it, and then if you go and go redo it or change it, then that tells them, you know, that it didn't turn out right, even though they may not be the flowers you like or hmm. grass may be cut at 
different height than you would or something else, <laughs> yeah. you let it go. Uh-huh. And then you let them do it again until they, you know, do something with it and they start taking pride with it right. or something. But, I think we had to learn early on to pick our battles, you know? Yes. And um, to not—Rod used to always—because I was the nervous Nellie. Rod was, you know— Again, the whole forest. But right. I would be stressed out, and he's like, look, I'm just giving him enough rope to where he doesn't hang himself. Oh, he said, gosh. if I have to You're like, okay. Jerk, <laughs> if I have to jerk back, I will tighten yeah. up the reins. But, you know, and believe me, there was times where we had to tighten up the reins, more so on some than some the than others. Some than others. Yeah. But, that's personalities. You know, yeah. But we I, definitely— I remember on— uh, school field trips and different things like that where I'd go as a counselor and stuff. Yes. Uh, they would ask for permission to go do something, and I'd say, okay, and and allow them to do it. And other counselors and things like, man, you know, what what happens if they don't? I said, I'll go find them. I'll go do this, you know. But right. I never had to. They would always be back where they were supposed to be and other stuff. Right. Uh, Definitely a two-way street, right. you know. And uh, the time I'd spend with them, uh, you know, hunting and fishing, uh, I'd point out the dangers. Uh, you know, it, that, that comes with all activities or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, things that you like to do. There's certain boundaries you don't want to cross. And so I'd say as long as y'all stay inside this, you know, you're free to go do this and other things, you know. Right. So, and they pretty well understood that, you know. What did you do? What were your rules around girlfriends? They were pretty well. We, we would talk to them once again, uh, you know, okay, what are the values of that girl? You know, why are you, why do you like that girl? Uh-huh. Uh, we're going through that right now with Jackson. Yeah. And he seems to be doing this at a little earlier age, which he's been around older kids mm-hmm. uh, a lot. And, uh, you know, I've tried to tell him, you know, you can get your heart broke that way and different things. But that's part of growing up, Uh you know. And uh, so we've went and done activities with them and took took them with us to go do events or, you know, go to do an activity. And uh, sometimes it lasts a while, sometimes it doesn't, you know. (laughs) But some of them also have had girlfriends. Through the church here, you mm-hmm. know, and everything, and they're still friends with them. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't have to end just because you're not, you know, dating or something, you know. Right. Well, and from the day the boys were born, we started praying for their spouses, oh, to be honest. Yes. You know, yes. because, number one, we realize how fast it goes. But, number two, it was a, a big deal, you know, for us. Right. You know. Who they I, ended up with. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and we wanted their life partner and soulmate to be that just just that their life partner, right? You know, and um, we, we couldn't be more mm-hmm. thankful mm-hmm. and feel more blessed than with the daughter in laws we have now, and and their families, their families right. are grounded and very well, you know. Right, Mary, is it so fun to like? Have a girl around, have girls around for holidays and things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, just 
which I grew up with four sisters. So, right. You know, which is but so to crazy. Be in a house cut. full of boys, oh. you know, and, and to be honest, I remember when I was pregnant with Jackson, the boys used to say, you know, before we knew it was a boy, the boys would be like, you know, if you have a girl, she is so going to knock you off your throne, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and uh, we adore our daughter in laws. Right. And yeah. they are absolute treasures. And it's fun to have them around. You know, Uh and now that we have little Presley that we, you know, I went out the other day and bought her five pair of shoes just because (laughs) I couldn't decide. And you can, and you should. (laughs) Yes. You know, (laughs) and um, so, you know, it kind of is what it is. But you work hard and you pray hard for them to understand how important, you know, Mm -hmm. a life mate is. Yeah. And... We um, we are very fortunate right. for um, for the blessings they are to us yeah. as a family and to me. I mm-hmm. mean, because you know they are super <laughs> sweet mm-hmm. and understanding. You yeah. know, and they're out more outspoken. Of course, that's the generation. You know, so Mary's like, wow. I'm glad you said it. I didn't have to. What she said. Finally. You know, right. right. <laughs> Finally, I have a voice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If y'all could go back to your younger selves starting out, what would you tell yourself? Probably to live in the moment hmm. and to treasure Every minute, yeah, because you never know what tomorrow brings, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and to not look for what's going to happen ten years from now. Yeah, or, it's hard. It's hard to stay present in the moment when you're worried about the future. Oh yeah, you know for sure. And and I think it was. I mean, we we actually laugh about it now, but um, to be honest. I had trouble getting pregnant. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean. That is so, you would never know that. No. Yeah. No. And and I would, I would definitely say to always remember that God's timing is perfect. Mm-hmm. And his plan is definitely not always your plan. Yes. You know? So, to be patient, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and realize his timeline is is his timeline yeah. and and, uh, and to treasure each and every minute you have. Yeah, it's so good. What about you? Do you have a different answer or about the same? Uh, kind of the same, uh, not to worry, which I, I'm i not a big worrier about right. the future. I, I try to take more. Of course, Mary gets on me about that. So uh, <laughs> I should have done a better job about planning for the future, mm. but— I was having so much fun in the present with the boys. I didn't, you know, I was one of the boys. So. Right. Just to to not take it for granted, not put off, not, not say, well, we'll go do that someday. Do it. If the opportunity comes, do it. Right. You know, and when they ask you to do something, do it. Mm-hmm. You know, if they ask you to go do an activity at school with them or with their friends or whatever, go do it. Right. You know, don't, well, they'll ask me again. Maybe not, you know. No matter how old they are. Right. (laughs) So, you know, that still goes on now, you know. 
Uh, They'll ask you to go, hey, let's yeah. go hunting well, or whatever. Well, let's go uh, fix the nursery up. Oh. You know, we redo that. Oh. I need this. You know, Presley would enjoy this. So I go do that. Or, <laughs> so they all have their own way to, you know. So don't, don't turn that. that down. Right. That's so good. I think one of the sweetest parenting gifts that Mary and Rod have is that they had firsthand experience that this parenting thing just flies by. How many times have I, as a mom, heard things like, hey, the days are long, the years are short, or they just grow up so fast, enjoy it. You know, something to that effect. I hear it at the grocery store. I mean, come on, don't you? However, some words of wisdom you just have to experience in order to put into practice. And this is the great gift of having Jackson so far down the parenting road. This is why Rod's like, hey, say yes when your boys want you to do stuff. And Mary's like, just treasure your kids, treasure your moments with them. And I just need to share this little something that jumped out at me a couple years ago from the Bible. And I feel like it fits right here (laughs) because it also has to do with a Mary in the Bible. But it says a couple of different times in Luke that Jesus's mother, Mary, treasured these things up in her heart. And by these things, it means the little moments that Mary had with her son, Jesus, you know, his birth, um, that time that he stayed behind and hung out in the temple for longer than they expected him to. And for some reason, those verses jumped out at me as a parent because through Luke's investigation of the life of Jesus, he found that Mary was the kind of mother who treasured these moments with her son. I would love to know, how did Luke find out about Mary treasuring these moments up in her heart? Did she talk about it to her friends, like towards the end of Mary's life? Did she tell her children about it? Like, I don't know. But I do think that is included in the Bible as a little example to us, because God gives us the ability as parents to store these little special moments up with our kids. Now, like storing these moments up requires something of us. It it requires us to slow down enough. It requires us to say, sure, I'll, I'll do that with you, son. It requires us to look at our kids more than our phones. When I read about those couple verses about Mary just being prompted to treasure those things up, it it made me think about that and go, okay, God, help me to treasure things with my kids. Help me to remember them in my heart. And I think at the end of the day, like that's the kind of example Mary and Rod have shown us here. That's the way they've been with their boys. And I'm thankful for their example. Let's treasure up these little moments that we have with our kids. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so thankful for you. Please share this with a friend and I will talk to you guys next time.